0: morning, everyone. That was a very cheerful morning. I feel wonderfully greeted. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live a long life in this world. If you forget everything I say, please know that this morning... I'm here to honor, salute, celebrate, rejoice about, and thank our mothers. I put on my suit today because I think my mother would have preferred that I have a suit <laughs> when I sp- speak to you this morning. Father, what, a, what an amazing day. We've already sensed your uh, embrace, your love your compassion for us this morning. And thank you for giving me special grace to speak these few words that they might be an encouragement, even an inspiration to our mothers who day in and day out do heroic work that much of the world knows nothing about. Father, we pray that they'd be greatly encouraged, lifted up, filled with joy and new confidence this day. In Jesus' name, amen. We're studying uh, First Thessalonians in our house church, and the chapter begins with verses 2 and 3. We always thank God for all of you, Mentioning you in our prayers, we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm really impressed how this verse, these two verses, speak so succinctly and directly about the work of our mothers. Your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. As I've thought about what I'll be saying this morning, I fully realize that I most likely will say nothing new this morning. Uh, You've probably heard almost all of it before, but I want you to also know that The subject of mother is never old. And uh, we are thrilled to celebrate Mother's Day this morning. I'd like to make four points this morning. First, arguably, speaking to mothers now, your work is of greater value than any other done in this world. Second, God is with you, as you face your daily challenges. That's the labor part. It happens day after day after day. Third, remember that a mother's prayers are exceptionally powerful. And fourth, the last part of this verse, always hold on to the hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Always do that. Your work is of greater value than any other done in this world. That is not only my opinion, but many others have stated the same in various ways. George Washington said, all I am I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. Abraham Lincoln said, all that I am or hope to be I owe to my angel mother. I remember my mother's prayers, and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. Ronald Reagan said, from my mother, I learned the value of prayer, how to have dreams and believe I could make them true. George W. Bush, mothers are central to the success of the American family. Their love, dedication, and wisdom touch countless lives every day, in every community throughout our land. The great evangelist Dwight L. Moody said, all that I have ever accomplished in life, I owe to my mother. Henry Ward Beecher, one of America's notable preachers, said, the memory of my sainted mother is the brightest recollection of my early years. Mothers are world changers and history makers. Name any leader today or way back to the first pages of the Old Testament. He or she received his first foundational teaching on his mother's lap. Many of the values and perspectives on life were initially formulated during those first three, four, five, six, seven years. Listening, to the teaching of his mother. Jochebed, the mother of Moses, defiled the edict of Pharaoh, protected the life of of her newborn son, came up with a plan that proved successful so that he could be plucked from the waters of the Nile and be raised in the home of the Pharaoh to grow up to be the liberator of the children of Israel, leading them in the exodus from Egypt to the Promised Land. Mary, the mother of Jesus, believed the words of the angel Gabriel when he said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And I believe at that moment she was pregnant with the Christ child. Mary was chosen of God, but she had to say yes to the angel for the Son of God to be born of the Holy Spirit in her body. Let me tell you the story of Suzanne Wesley very briefly, the mother of 1910, of whom survived living under the harshest conditions in England. During those difficult times, Suzanne was committed to caring for her family the best way possible. She was one of the first homeschoolers, although I'm sure homeschoolers have been around since the beginning of time. She said her primary purpose was the spiritual development of her children and the saving of their souls. Each day before clash, She set aside an hour for herself, for scripture reading, for prayer, and then led them all in the singing of the Psalms. One historical scholar described the Wesley children as, quote, a cluster, there were ten of them, okay, a cluster of bright, vehement, argumentative boys and girls living by a clean and high code and on the plainest affair but drilled to soft tones, to pretty formal courtesies, with learning as an ideal, duty as an atmosphere, and the fear of God as law. What a mother. Some historians have stated that the revival that came to England through the ministry of Charles and John Wesley saved the British Isles from the great destruction of the revolution that happened just across the waters in France. I discussed this with Jim this morning and those were amazing days. That turbulence could have come across the English Channel, but rather a great revival. I would suggest that Suzanne Wesley's early work with her children was foundational in the great revival of the British British Isles that came as a result of the fearless preaching of her sons. That great revival touched our shores and is still making a great difference in the world today. Asbury Methodists, First Methodists, are great examples of that right here in our city. Churches that are making an incredible impact on this community and sending missionaries to the ends of the earth. Do you realize? that every mother is a co-laborer with God to bring a new eternal soul into this world? That is an amazing thought to me. How indescribably important is that? Mothers are the ones who first teach their children about God, about prayer, about personal faith in Christ, about how to live Christianly in this world. They are the ones that do the daily training spoken of in Proverbs 22.6. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Mothers are teachers, and they find the most amazing moments to teach on various subjects. About contradictions, they say, shut your mouth and eat your dinner. About contortionism, they say, will you look at the dirt on the back of your neck? (laughs) On perseverance, you are going to sit here until you eat every last piece of that broccoli. (laughs) About genetics, they teach, you're just like your father. (laughs) About the weather, they'll opine, it looks like a tornado swept through your room. That's good for Oklahoma teaching, isn't it? By your example and by your words, you teach your children that there are parameters in life, that there are times to deny oneself. I understand that the great General Robert E. Lee said, the greatest thing you can teach your child is to say no to himself. That's what you mothers also teach on a daily basis. Mothers are disciplinarians. Mothers are cleaning ladies. Mothers are gardeners and mowers of lawns. Mothers are nurses and doctors and psychologists and counselors and chauffeurs and coaches. Mothers are developers of personalities, molders of vocabularies and shapers of attitudes. Mothers are soft voices saying, I love you. And mothers are a link to God, a child's first impression to God's love. I think that's why today is so very special because we recognize that a mother's love is probably the closest, closest example we have to God's love. It is a love that goes through the valley of the shadow of death to bring life into being. It is a love that sacrifices itself over and over again and even would dare lay down her life for her child. You know, there are so many examples, and I could spend the rest of the morning just going from section to section talking about mothers that are exactly that and much more. And uh, for fear of missing one of you, I'll not talk about anybody in this room this morning, although I just love to see your your, your, your faces, the flowers, your children around you, your amazing families, But uh, I was thinking about Karen Shupak this morning, what an amazing mother she is, a missionary mother, having received the difficult news this week that a visa that we've all prayed for for months has been denied, a mother that cares for a a very needy son, and yet I've never seen her flustered. She has raised a beautiful family, and I'm sure that Karen is walking in that same peace today. Uh, the Shupacks were in our house church when they were here most recently. And uh, Dave and Patty, you'll remember how amazing it was just watching them as a family, watching the way the children cared for Isaac, and just seeing them interact with each other was this huge testimony of the grace of God. Karen Schupack, one of us. And we could talk about every one of the mothers here in equally equally high terms point two God is with you as you face your daily challenges and they're there the challenges every day his mercy and grace are new every morning as Bill so clearly taught us last Sunday morning may last for the night but joy cometh in the morning please remember that Today's world often diminishes the work of a stay home mother. And I know many mothers would, in fact, probably all mothers, would prefer to stay home. But many mothers don't have that option even. They, they must work outside the home just provide, to provide for the family. But what a blessing when you can be a mother who stays home with her children Ruthie has often said accurately, the work of a mother is the world's best-kept secret. Your work is often so heroic and sometimes often also monotonous, repetitive. You've done it over and over and over again. I heard of a junior high class that was learning about magnets, and the teacher gave him a test and said, what is uh, a word that starts with an M and picks up things. Half the people wrote mother. And so uh, that's what mothers, I'm sure, do continually. At least they feel like they're, in fact, Ruthie says, let's pick up things. You know, I'd rather vacuum. I've got a chauffeur's license. I'd like to, I'd like to vacuum. But she thinks we should pick up things. Young mothers, and in fact, let me just uh, brag on Natasha. She's here, and Elsa is with her, and Elsa is in church for the first time in her, in her life. She's very beautiful, yeah. <laughs> Young mothers uh, feeding their baby every couple of hours, changing diapers watching over your toddlers each moment as they discover new and sometimes dangerous places to go in and around your home. You're trying to figure out how to squeeze in laundry, shopping, preparing for meals, taking care of the family, cleaning birthday parties, uh, getting ready for church, welcoming your husband home, and then the list goes on. That's just the beginning, on and on and on. I have this picture of a mother who's just like a a mother eagle just kind of watching over her children just in case they're ready to fall, but also giving them the opportunity to learn to walk, to learn to explore. I'm sure you feel exhausted many times. Hear the words of a great hymn of the church written over 100 years ago. God will take care of you. Be not dismayed, whatever betide. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. The great hymn goes on, and let me just read the last verse. No matter what may be the test, God will take care of you. Lean, weary one, upon his breast. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. At those times when you're tired, when you're weary, when you feel like you can't go on, rely on the promises of the word, No temptation, no test has seized you except that that which is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted or tested, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. God has promised at every moment in every test to give you the grace, the ability to endure it and to pass through it. 1 Peter 5.7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Isaiah 40.29, they're really familiar verses. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Quickly, a mother's prayers are exceptionally powerful. Let me give you an example from church history and and several other examples from the scriptures. I'd like to briefly tell you the story of Monica, the mother of Augustine of Hippo, one of the great church fathers. Monica was uh, born in present-day Algeria. She was a Berber. In fact, Monica is the only commonly used Berber name in the world today. A beautiful name. Monica lived in Tagaste, was married to Patricius, who was a pagan. He was very unfaithful to his wife all through their marriage, and yet he somehow revered Monica because of her prayers, because of her godly life. She continued to pray for him, continued to pray for his son Augustine, who was lascivious, uh, was living a horrible life and yet had a brilliant mind finally near the end of his life patricius came to faith in christ she was overjoyed and then focused entirely her prayers on augustine she prayed for augustine for 32 years followed him around europe she heard that he had gone secretly to rome he, she followed uh, him there And then he went from there to Milan and came under the preaching of Bishop Ambrose, a brilliant theologian. And as uh, Augustine listened, uh, Augustine up until then had considered preachers uh, rather uninteresting and intellectually weak at times. But he heard Ambrose preach the gospel. He was convicted of sin and came to Christ in a beautiful way. And For six months, Monica was able to live with his son, Augustine. And then they decided, along with Augustine's younger brother, Navigus, to uh, make their way back to Africa. They came uh, to the port city of Ostia, outside of Rome, and Monica became severely ill, and she said this, to Augustine, you will bury your mother here. All I ask of you is that wherever you may be, you shall remember me at the altar of the Lord. And then this, do not fret, because I am buried. Do not fret, because I am buried far from our home in Africa. Nothing is far from God, and I have no fear that he will find me when he comes to raise me to life at the end of the world. Monica's prayers were answered for his son, Augustine, 32 years after she began praying for him. I'd like to read about the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, 21 through 28. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Listen to her response. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. You remember Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel 1.11? I'm sure, Hannah, you remember it. She made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. The Lord answered Hannah's prayer, and she kept her vow following her son Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. I want to encourage you to continue to pray for your loved ones. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. Your prayers are exceptionally powerful. Revelation 5.8 says, Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Mothers, I believe that your prayers, every one of them has been collected in those bowls and they are effective. They are doing their job, so continue to pray for your children, for your loved ones, for those that God has especially impressed you to pray for. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy he who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. John 14:13 says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I know that asking for your children to be saved is entirely in God's will, so continue in your prayers. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Finally, uh, always ho- hold on to the hope in our Lord Jesus Biblical hope, Terry Law says, is a confident expectation of the goodness of God. Earl Roberts said it this way, "Something good is going to happen to you." First Thessalonians 5:8 says, describes faith sorry, describes faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. In Hebrews 6:18 through20, hope is described as an anchor. For our soul, we always need to hold on to our hope in our Lord Jesus. Hope is both a helmet and an anchor for us. Listen to Romans fifteen three. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is joy, peace, and refuge in hope. There is an anchor for our soul in hope. I was talking to a professional pilot a couple of days ago. He was talking about fear and the verse that comes to mind immediately is, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He said, fear will kill you. He was talking about different piloting experiences he's had, flying over water, once flying through clouds. He said, when you, when you get into clouds, he said, the aircraft doesn't know that you're in a cloud. The aircraft doesn't know that you're, 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 you're lost. Just keep doing the things the instruments tell you to do. But if you're overcome with fear, you start doing crazy things, and uh, the outcome can be very, very, very bad. There is a uh, World War II poster that has become rather famous in the last few years very simple. Basically, it says, keep calm and carry on. This was a third in a series of three posters developed by the Ministry of Information in the United Kingdom at the eve of World War II. I'd like to apply the, the, the two last ones to our mothers this morning. The first one was, freedom is in peril, defended with all your might. And I think that can be applied to our mothers as well as we fight for our children. The second one is your courage, your cheerfulness, your resolution will bring us victory. As you care for your families, the Lord is your strength. Remember, you can do all things through Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Your courage your cheerfulness your resolution will bring victory in your family and then this last of the three keep calm and carry on john 14:27 says my peace i give unto you not as the world gives give i unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid Philippians 4:4 4, 4 says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Keep calm and carry on. The Lord is with you. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And one more thing, bring flowers when you can and often, And Chocolates are good as well. I remember my dad saying many times, it's too late to bring flowers to your mother uh, when she has passed. Bring them to her when she's living. I will remember always my last conversation with my mother. I was in Iraq just over a year ago. My mother uh, quickly got very weak, and I was able to speak, Briefly with her, just two thoughts that I communicated to her. Thank you for everything you've done. I love you so very much. I know I'll see her one day soon. We can communicate, and we should communicate, and we need to communicate. I love you. Thank you for all that you've done on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, if we can. Let me finish with this scripture from Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Father, I pray for our mothers. I pray that you will encourage them. Help them to know how incredibly important their work is. Help them to remember that you are with them daily in their challenges. Help them to remember that their prayers are powerful. Help them to continue to hold on to their hope, which is a helmet for their head, a anchor for their soul, as they continue to fight for their families, as they continue to cheer them on, as they resolutely lead their families from victory to victory. Help them to keep calm, and to carry on. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray and I believe. Amen.